Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Whoa, my voice sounds a little crazy. I think it's because I've been running the heat in my apartment, and normally I don't. It's been a little cold. Or I got used to the warm weather and now it's cold, so I want it warm again. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Today is the last day in March. For whatever reason, I feel like my head's in a globe. Hmm. It's very weird. So, today is the last day of March, you guys. Can you believe it? It's the last day. Literally, it went by like this. And it makes me start thinking into a year ago. I really have been thinking about my life last year. Because last year, there was a lot going on. A lot. Um, I didn't have a job, but God was really, really working in me. Um... So yesterday we were in Exodus, and I'm just going to get right into it. So yesterday we were in Exodus. We've been going through the judgments, what God is laying out for the people as guidelines to the foundation of the Ten Commandments. He gave the Ten Commandments, and now he's going to give the bylaws to those Ten Commandments. You know, what happens when you steal? What are the consequences? Um, he's hoping it'll be effective. Um, he's going to see. This is the first time he's ever had his hands on this many people all at once. Everybody's always kind of avoided God. If you notice throughout the Bible, ever since Adam and Eve, everybody kind of like, God just can't get his hands on them. Nobody wants to listen. Nobody wants to be kind. No one wants to be loving. So there's been very few in between people that he could actually talk to and they would listen. Um, even the 12 tribes, the 12 brothers of Israel, all of them but Joseph and maybe the youngest. There wasn't very much on the youngest, and his name was, I think, Benji. They called him Benjamin. Um, he was Rachel's youngest, and uh, that's why him and Joseph were like this. Joseph and Benjamin came, both came from Rachel, who struggled in conceiving children uh, in her lifetime. But the older brothers, who were all Leah's sons, were very ungrateful. They were a reflection of Leah because she was a very ungrateful woman, very jealous, very ungrateful at the things that God was giving her, all the children she was getting. And her sons grew up to be just like her. And they were deceitful, lying, they murdered, they plundered. Um, their sister Dinah fell in love with that prince, the king's son. He ended up sleeping with her before they were married. But the prince wanted to make it right, and the king was willing to do anything that Jacob asked. Jacob asked, Jacob asked the king for him, his son, and the entire male all the males in that kingdom to be circumcised in order for the prince to marry Dinah. 
well, they did it. All of them did it. And these brothers went in in the night and killed, murdered, slaughtered all the men in this kingdom um, and plundered the city and took whatever they wanted for themselves. Uh, Joseph was not part of that. So you can imagine these men grew up with that spiritual debt of murder on their hands. Um, so they were forever grinding. Um, they were not very good men, even in the time when they ran into Joseph in the end of Genesis. They were always worried, always fearful because of what they had done, not just to Joseph, just in their entire life. They were just hateful men. They had hate in their heart. So now that God has his hand on so many people at once, he's going to do his very best to make sure that he lays it out for them. This is... He wants to give us, mankind, a fighting chance at having love in our life. True love. Like enjoying life the way God created us to be. Because up to this point, nobody's really enjoyed life the way God intended it to be. I mean, we all had our purposes. But even Joseph, he had some struggles in there. Um, but God really wants us to enjoy life and enjoy him, and enjoy his presence. Um, and he's hoping that in doing this, it makes it easier. So we've been reading a lot of judgments, which are very basic. What was the one yesterday somebody gave me off of the Old Testament? <sighs> Sometimes I get into these things online, and... Uh, was about this little Nash thing that's going on or whatever his name is and these Satan shoes that everybody's all freaking out about. And it was a post done by somebody who you would say is a conservative. We can't cry about wanting freedom of speech, freedom of this, freedom of that, and then have a panic attack because he's out there selling shoes. <laughs> Uh, that if you really know God, this kid has no power to do nothing. All he's doing is destroying himself. So let him. Let him. Teach your children right. Okay? Like, don't let your kids watch those things. You know, there's Cardi B almost naked on stage at the Grammys, but... You know, when our government is supporting that. Now, the government isn't supporting Little Nash and his Satan shoes, okay? Quite differently. Okay? They ain't out there trying to use him as a poster child to look, oh, look at him. He's so intelligent. No, they're trying to stay very far away from this guy. But we, the people, want to believe that we can control somebody. Let him be. If he wants to put his blood in his pair of shoes and sell them to some idiot for over a grand, let the idiot buy it and waste his money. And let this guy grind, because that's all that's going on. There was a lot of people that were like, he's going straight to hell. I love that. I love when people say that. There's no actual hell after death. Okay. You live in a grind in this earth. That's hell. 
Like that man is living in his own hell right now. And that's why he's reflecting the way he feels on the inside outwardly in his behavior. So we're going through these judgments. You know, and God's laying out the consequences. There's death. Um, you know, you take a life. You owe a life. You take an eye, you owe an eye. You burn somebody's field, you owe them for that. Uh, if you end up even accidentally killing their livestock, that was valuable to people back then. Your livestock was almost like a family member. It was your livelihood. If you ended up, you know, damaging that, you owed them. So be careful, be considerate. See, deeper than just you owe somebody for the damages, God is trying to teach them to be considerate of other people. This isn't just about us on this world. You need to be considerate what you're doing to other people's things. You need to be considerate of other people's property. Be considerate. Think outside yourself. Let's see. We're just going to begin at chapter 23, you guys. I don't know how many chapters this judgment is going to go on, but we're going to read them through. Okay. We'll be good. You shall not circulate a false report. Do not put your hand with the wicked to be an unrighteous witness. This is a very interesting concept, you guys. So I took a class. Gosh, it was a... It was an essay class. I've taken so many essay classes, it's redonkulous. Um, and I actually had to do an essay on people who bear witness. And what's the difference in men being witnesses versus women? And this is a really a thing. So I had to do research on, you know, why there was such a huge number of people bearing false witnesses and there was a huge number of people ending up being charged with a crime that they didn't commit right because of people bearing false witness here's a little crazy this morning so i did this research and come to find out men were terrible witnesses to say the least in fact they couldn't remember any details they were wrong Far more than the women. I can't remember the percentage, but women were consistently correct in remembering the details. Men couldn't remember the details. Um, and they broke it down to what the location was, the details in the location, the perpetrator, the details about the perpetrator, perpetrator, and the actual crime that was being committed. Men could not get it right most of the time. But what men scored higher on in this test is their confidence in the fact that they were right in being a witness. They were so confident, they, they were correct in their details. And women were like, well, we're not sure if we're correct. Like, we think that we're correct, but we're not sure. So men were like, oh, we're correct in our details. And come to find out, men were most likely wrong in remembering and bearing witness to a crime. I don't know. 
I just thought that was interesting when I did that. So we have such a high number of people getting charged. Even last week, was it last week, I spoke about about 40% of rape accusations are false. Um, And that's crazy. And that came after the Me Too movement when I saw that percentage. So this Me Too movement, Me Too, Me Too, uh, actually brought out a lot of false people is what it did, people seeking attention. So don't bear false witness. If you don't know for sure, just say it, I don't know, I don't know. You shall not follow a crowd to do evil, nor shall you testify and dispute, so as to turn aside after many to pervert justice that's basically the bandwagon this is a bandwagon fallacy was it is that what it's called it's a fallacy i can't remember it's called jumping on the bandwagon you just follow the crowd that's what many of us do nowadays i used to be this way i just followed people i don't do that anymore because half the time people don't get it right when you are looking up information when you are searching for the facts do the research yourself. I can't stress that enough because somebody's only going to tell you from their limited belief system. And I've been wrong. There's many times I've been wrong and I've, I've had to go back and recant and say, you're right, I was wrong because I've read something wrong. Mistakes happen. So always make sure you are fact checking everyone. You shall not show partial partial to a poor man in his dispute. I can't pronounce that. I did start it. Thank God. To pronounce. There's always a word I can't pronounce. Partiality. Partiality. What does it mean? What does it mean, partiality? Quality or state of being partial, bias, a special taste or liking. You shall not show partiality to a poor man in his dispute. So you should not be biased in a dispute. Don't be biased. It's another thing that is oftentimes about information that you'll find. When I'm doing research, if I find that somebody's emotionally biased in the way they're writing their article, I don't read any further. Um, I can see that they're not giving me the straight facts, and I just want the facts. I don't care how you feel about the situation. I just want to know both sides so that I can find out for myself what I believe to be true. So when I'm reading information or I'm listening to somebody, oftentimes if you start getting emotionally biased and I really don't know you or believe in you, I'm not going to continue to listen. I really, I just don't um, because you're not going to give me the facts. If you meet your enemy's ox or his donkey going astray, you shall surely bring it back to him again. So do the right thing. Good morning, Julia. Good morning. Inbox me for your reading love spell. Money magic. General reading. OP. Listen. 
if I want to know about love, I'll go to God. I'm just going to be honest now that this is posted on my page, you guys. Nobody has the power to do such a thing, okay? Um, nobody is given that kind of power to make some kind of spell to make something happen ever, ever, ever. Don't ever believe in somebody being able to tell you what your future is because that's not true. Only God can do these things. Um, so when somebody comes along and tries to say this, what you're saying is you're above God. You're going to tell me what my love life is about. And you are powerful. You have the power to do magic and spells. Well, where did you get that power? Because God would not give you that power to use for other people like this. Okay? God doesn't give people power like that. Okay? God heals. God is loving. God doesn't pe give people special powers like that. I'm glad you popped up on my page. <laughs> so for anybody else watching, don't don't fall for those kind of things. Good morning, Vinay. So, if you see the donkey of one who hates you lying under its burden and you would refrain from helping it, you shall surely help him with it. You shall not pervert the judgment of your poor in his dispute. Keep yourself from a false matter. Do not kill the innocent and righteous, for I will not justify the wicked. You shall take no bribe, for a bribe blinds the discerning and perverts the words of the righteous. Oh, bribes can come in many forms, you guys. Um... I know um, say where I'm at. God wants me at the job where I'm at until he deems otherwise, right? So um, I have been offered jobs that pay higher. I've stayed where I'm at because this is where God wants me. If I would have accepted a higher paying job just because of the money, it would have been, in a spiritual sense, a bribe. I was bribed away from the place of which God wanted me to be. Um, so bribe can come in different forms. There's just an outright bribe of the flesh. And there's also a spiritual bribe where you get tempted. Jesus was tempted. That's a bribe. Okay. Also, you shall not oppress a stranger, for you know the heart of a stranger, because you were strangers in the land of Egypt. Six years you shall sow your land and gather in its produce. But the seventh year you shall let it rest and lie fallow, that the poor of your people may eat on what they leave, the beasts of the field may eat. In like manner, you shall do with your vineyard and your olive groves. Six days you shall do your work, and on the seventh day you shall rest. And your ox and your donkey may rest, and the son of your female servant and the stranger may be refreshed. And this is very important. We don't do this very often. We don't even give the land a rest. It is very important. Earth is is living too. It grows things. Anything that grows is a living thing. So if we don't take care of it and we just take, 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 it eventually um, 
It's like flesh. I was just talking about this the other day. Anybody who just constantly takes from you and never gives back, it's draining. It will drain you. It will make you, you'll become depressed, anxious. You just, you won't know what to do. Same thing with the earth. We keep draining it and we don't take care of it. It's going to become empty and void. It's not going to want to grow things because it doesn't know how, it's not being replenished by anything. Um, and in all that I have said to you, be circumspect and make no mention of the names of other gods. Be circumspect. What is that word? I don't even know if that would be in the day. I've never even heard that word. Circumspect. Not even in here. Wait. Nope. It's not even in here. Circumspect. Circumspect. It means wary and unwilling to take risks. And all that I have said to you be weary and unwilling to take risk and make no mention of the names of other gods nor let it be heard from your mouth three times you shall keep a feast to me in the year you shall keep the feast of unleavened bread you shall eat unleavened bread for seven days as i commanded you at the time appointed in the month of abib for you if for in it you came out of Egypt, none shall appear before me empty. That is the time right now, you guys. What we're going through this month of a bib or this feast of unleavened bread is this week. It is very interesting how God fell Passover with the crucifixion of Jesus Christ all in one. believe um but that's how it worked out very beautifully see god's always always thinking and the feast of harvest first fruits of your labor which you have sown in the field the feast of in gathering at the end of the year when you have gathered in the fruit of your labors from the field three times in the year all your males shall appear before the lord god you shall not offer the blood of my sacrifice with leavened bread nor shall the fat of my sacrifice remain until morning first of the fruits of your land shall be shall bring into the house of the lord your god you shall not boil your young goat in its mother's milk behold i send an angel before you to keep you in the way and bring you into the place which i have prepared beware of him and obey his voice do not provoke him for he will not pardon your transgressions for my name is in him. If you indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I, 
then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. For my angel will go before you and bring you into the Amorites in the I always say this word wrong. Why can't I pronounce today? Hittites. 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 The Amorites and the Hittite, the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hivites and the Jubasites, and I will cut them off. You shall not bow down to their gods, nor serve them, nor do according to their works, but you shall utterly overthrow them and completely break down their sacred pillars. So you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the numbers of your days. I will send my fear before you. I will cause confusion among the people to whom you come and will make all your enemies turn their backs on you. There was a point in time where he was speaking your not I can't remember who it was to. If it was Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, I don't remember which one, but he said, God stated, your numbers will be greater than the grains of sand. Look at us now. Numbers are greater than the grain of sand. We all come from this. And I will send hornets before you, which shall drive out the Havites, the Canaanites. Why can't I pronounce that? Hittites. Hittites. From before you. I will not drive them out from, from before you in one year, lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field become too numerous for you. Little by little, I will drive them out from before you. Till you have increased and you inherit the land. I will set your bounds from the Red Sea to the Sea Philistia, from the desert to the river. I will deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hand, and you shall drive them out before you. You shall make no covenant with them, nor with their gods. They shall not dwell in your land, lest they make you sin against me. For if you serve their gods, it will surely be a snare to you. This was a big thing with God. Do not worship their gods. Don't even do it to appease them. And we will find that in later chapters in the Bible. And even Israelites that were captured could not worship the gods of these people. Because these people just worshipped gods that were built out of stone, built out of something. Um, they were not real gods. They would sacrifice children to these gods. Um, God did not want them serving them. Don't fall into it. And trust that I will drive them out. Because they didn't trust him before. They really still don't trust him. But he's laying out the laws. I'm going to do these things for you. And he does do these things down the road. Um, but it's going to take time. Little by little, I will drive them out from before you until you have increased and you inherit the land. 
little by little. This is how God works in us, you guys. God doesn't work in this huge grand snap of the fingers that happens all at once. It's little by degrees. It has to happen in degrees to make things happen, to move us along in life takes time for God to work all the pieces together. I know because I'm just one person in this world. For him to do what he's done within me, he couldn't do all at once. There's just no way I could have handled it. My mind would have just went berserk. I couldn't have handled all the changes all at once. Tomorrow, chapter 24. So guys, we'll get into the verse of the day. And the judgments are tedious. It took... I mean, he had to. He had to lay it out for the people. They were barbaric. They went around killing people because they thought they could. They slept with whoever they wanted to sleep with. Um, I mean, they came from a very broken place as well. Egypt was a very broken place. They were enslaved, and God's trying to bring them out of that bondage mentally now bring them out of that bondage these are my laws that you must obey not their laws these are now my laws and he's trying to teach them love chronicles oh did i give my bookmarker away no i did not no i did not i would have never done that There's no way. Wow, you guys. I would probably lose my head if it wasn't screwed on. Oh, there it is. Where's it at? There it is. After Kings. I have a friend who doesn't believe in God the way I do. I've spoken about her a lot, Gina. But the thing she does, she knows all the names in books especially the new testament it's a song like she knows this song i'm like how do you know those in that order she learned it she remembered it as a kid i was like i don't even know i don't even know this how do you know this it was crazy she's over here just singing the the books of the bible and i was like i have to have a bookmarker hey you guys the verse of the day i'm gonna end early today comes from Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. And it goes, sorry you guys, I'm so off. I'm so off this week. I'm off. And I feel, to be honest, I'm off because there's a lot of changes going on in my life. I think the biggest one was I cut my hair. This one's throwing me off. I'm used to having long hair and is petty of a thing as that sounds it's different for me it's very very different so I'm just getting used to not having all my hair there and the idea of it 
Um, but that's just one of the small changes that have been going on of the big picture of me. God has had me in a cocoon since last year. Um, and inside this cocoon, he has been changing me. Um, and he has just started bringing me out of this cocoon. And every time I get a certain distance out, I go right back in. It's my own fears. But God is pushing me out now. He's going to go, you've changed. You're going to go out into the big wide world. And you're just going to be the butterfly. And I'm like, oh, I'm so uncomfortable. I'm so uncomfortable. I'm so uncomfortable. I'm just uncomfortable with my life. I feel uncomfortable in myself right now so that's what I'm feeling I feel uncomfortable um but it's because God has changed me and now I have to live that change um and and be and be that so it's new for me and because it's new because you know of all this stuff God has done within me it's uncomfortable because it's new so that's a lot of where my uncomfortableness is coming from. And I hope that helps some people. When God is changing you a lot, you will feel a lot of uncomfort. Um, it's not always this beautiful, oh, I'm dancing in a field of flowers feeling. It's oftentimes, oh, I feel really uncomfortable right now because it's all very, very new what God does with us. It's different. It's something within the soul. It's not flesh. You know, those things we do in the flesh really can't really touch what God's doing on the inside. So you guys, the verse from 14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. If my people, now when God says my people, it's anybody, it's whoever. I can't remember what verse that came from. Whoever shall call on me, I will hear. That's God's people. My people is whoever wants to recognize God's face. If my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. So yesterday, this came out to be a perfect example, you guys. So yesterday, okay, I was talking to a friend. Yeah, a friend, my friend. I was talking to my friend. I don't want to say names. Um, and they're having a very difficult time. We brought up the full moon and every time the full moon comes around, we go through the same circle. We have to face the same thing. There's always something that God's trying to get us to see. And I was talking about it and I asked, you know, what is it that is coming up that you're having a hard time dealing with? And they go, well, I don't want to talk about it. And right there, the fact that when you know that something is coming up in you and it's something you don't want to face 
and you keep shoving it down, you keep shoving it down, okay? That's God trying to get you to see something in your life that you're not ready to see. Your flesh isn't ready to see, but God God knows that you're ready. You're avoiding facing yourself. Um, and a lot of times we avoid facing ourselves because in facing ourselves it requires us to change. Um, because I know for me when this has happened, I've recognized I will go through something. And I've realized oftentimes I struggled with asking God to help me through. And once I recognized I had that ego problem, that's what I would call it, an ego problem. It's a pride. Once I recognized I had that pride within me, right, that I, I wasn't really asking God to help me through it, I started asking myself, why wasn't I asking God for help? Because I knew when I would ask God for help, I would have to humble myself and I would have to follow his direction. Oh, God's got me thinking on something. I do submit. <sighs> Why didn't I want to ask God for help? Because I would have to change and I would have to do it his way. I couldn't go my way no more. I wanted to hang on to the anger. That's the thing about when we don't humble ourselves. We don't humble ourselves and actually ask God for help because we would have to change and go his way. And we don't want to change. I realized that about myself. I went through that... I went through that Sunday, I called my, or my brother called me. What did I say? I'm going to be honest, you guys. <laughs> I had a moment. What did I say to my brother? <sighs> I'll just say it. I told him I didn't want to change. I'm tired of changing. I hate it. I want to be this selfish person. I don't want to think about this anymore. I just don't want to deal with it. I don't want to have to change. I liked my old life when I was selfish. And then I was like, but I really didn't like it. I don't like it. I just hate this change. I hate it. I hate it so bad because I can't be selfish anymore. And that's the honest truth, you guys. When you really start being honest with yourself, the reason we don't call on God is because we can no longer be selfish. We have to be humble and we have to obey and go his way. And we know deep down and our soul knows deep down that this change is going to be a lot. And that's why many of us refuse to turn to God to ask him to get us out of the tough times. So when you think about our society as a whole right now, you have this whole huge group of people, Black Lives Matter, the gay community, you know, all of them, I'm oppressed, I'm all this. You're oppressing yourself. Because you can't go to God. You don't want to go to God. If you go to God, he would get you out. But you can't because you know you would have to change your faulty belief system in order for God to help you.
If, if, it's that big word right there. If we would humble ourselves, he will do those things. He has. He's done it in me. That's why I've been reflecting a lot from last year. Last year, I asked God. I'm real careful now. Because I know when I go through something and I ask him to help me. Ooh, it, it changes so hard, you guys. But it's worth it. I'm going to be honest. It's hard. Change is hard. This is why my friend is having such a hard time. She knows. She knows deep down. Her soul knows. She's avoiding herself because she would actually have to change. Change is hard. It takes a lot. It takes you letting go of your old selfish ways and submitting to the ways of God. When we do that, what God has for us is a lot better than what we used to have. And even though I had my little moment on Sunday, I knew deep down even saying it, I didn't want to be my old self. I was just struggling and recognizing my own faulty belief system and that I had to change. God's always working in me. Always, always, you guys. So that is the end of Exodus and I'm not really going to recap, you guys. We're going through the judgments. God is laying out the laws. This is the beginning. This is just this is the Old Testament. But it's good to educate ourselves. We have to have this knowledge to understand the rest of the story. Um, even to get to Revelations, I've talked about this before. I'm, I'm studying with from somebody else. McGee something. Um, and he said the, the book of Revelations is like an airport. And the rest of these chapters, books, are all airplanes going through the airport of Revelations. So you have to understand the rest of these in order to completely understand Revelations, to even begin to truly understand it. So, you know, it's important that we go through even the tedious stuff. So I love you guys. I love all of you for stopping by. Um, and to the person who wants to inbox you for a reading love potion, God already told me what my life is going to be, so I'm pretty happy with that. But good luck in your purpose. So I love you guys, and God bless.